Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Kyle Philippi from Far Flung Tin Can speaks on being called to love the nations during Love People Week of our Vision Month. I've got a couple things to announce. Uh, first and foremost, the whereabouts of our glorious pastors. They are not here. They are in Colombia. Um, they left last week and celebrated. You guys can go ahead and start throwing those slides on. They left last week to celebrate their 21st wedding anniversary. Oh, yes. Um, I think for their 20th, they went to like a cabin or something. And then so their 21st, they went to Columbia. So I was like, amen, come on, let's keep going. Uh, so they went to Columbia for a few days uh, before they started on their crusade that they're in right now. I think it wraps up on Monday or Tuesday. Um, but for the past couple of days, they've been doing these crusades in Colombia, and they have seen incredible outpouring, incredible breakthrough. Uh, so just to kind of give you a glimpse of what their day has looked like, uh, today they've woken up and they've gone to minister um, at a church this morning. Um, Jahan is singing in Spanish. So that's a win. Uh, so nailed it. She, she brushed up on it and did great. Um, and then also Jahan is going to minister at a women's conference in the afternoon. So maybe now, um, and then they're going to minister tonight at another city and that's going to happen for a couple days. So they're, they're running not on fumes, but they're running nonstop and they're, they are ready to go and they're seeing incredible out, outpouring, incredible breakthrough. Um, have you, as you've seen here with our glitchy TV. Um, so we'll look over here. Uh, I mean, hundreds, hundreds of people are coming and they do these crusades once a month around um, South America and they go to different countries, different cities every month. Um, and and it's, it's an incredible time every time. So this is the fourth place I think Pastor Michael's gone to. Um, and, and it's really just been incredible. So they will be back late Tuesday night with I'm sure stories to tell and um, we are excited to have them back. And they're, they're just um, bringing encouragement and life to the local pastors, to the local bodies there who may have been worn down and weary with the day in and the day out work. They're just coming to bring life, to bring someone to put an arm around like, hey, let's keep going, let's keep going. So they're really doing incredible stuff. Um, the second thing I need to mention is our reach teams. We'll try this one more time. The second thing I need to mention is our reach teams. Okay, one more time. We need to mention our reach teams. Awesome. Okay, so our reach teams are specifically designed to go outside these four walls and into the city of Knoxville. Uh, We have life groups that we will be launching, as Tiffany said, uh, next week, but our reach teams are specifically designed to not be in-house, in-body, but outreach, hence the reach groups. See that? We, we, we thought of it. Um, and uh, I'm just here to mention a few of them today. Uh, we have some that are already in existence that we've been doing for six months now, uh, such as uh, Loving Groceries, Lo- Laundry Love, MASH, and Teacher Reachers. Uh, we've been doing those, those four already. Just a little quick blurb. So Teacher Reachers, we go and we love on the teachers of the PAL community. We give them snacks, all that sort of stuff to say, hey, we love you, we're here for you, we're praying for you. Uh, MASH is Mobile Ambassadors Serving Hospitals. We go and we serve those working in the ER department, those working in hospitals, and just to give them a breath of fresh air, to give them snacks, give them drinks, let them know we're thinking about them and praying about, praying about them, praying for them. 
Um, I'm praying about you. That can always seem a little like, please stop. Um, <laughs> I'm talking to God about you. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Um, uh, Redemption Life Support is uh, an extension of the REACH teams where we go and serve people in need, uh, as many of these groups do, but mostly with like handiwork. If they need, um, hey, we need new flooring put in. Great, we'll send a team out there. Oh, hey, we need help demolishing this. Great, we'll send a team over there. Just to help those that may not have the ability to do the handiwork themselves, that team operates as a handyman service, more or less, with the multitude of trades that we have in the body. We literally say, okay, electrician, you go there. Plumber, you go there. And they are serving Knoxville and they're doing an amazing job at it. Um, the care team, which I have been so fortunate to uh, partake from, yeah. Um, they bring comfort and joy to our faith. I'm just gonna read this because it's so well put. They exist to bring comfort and joy to our faith family during the times of transition, such as death in the family, surgical procedures, or the arrival of a newborn. We provide meals, visitation, and other means of support. Care team is amazing because you know, Mama Cox is cooking real good for you. So uh, if you cook well, please sign up. If you don't, you can still sign up because you can deliver and you can pay, and but don't cook your weird, my grandmother taught me how to do this weird casserole. It's like, nobody wants that. Um, so <laughs> look, uh, the tuna casserole, yeah, subtle plug, the tuna casserole doesn't go. And now if you love tuna casserole, no shade, just not everyone loves tuna casserole. It's like when you go to Subway and then, oh my gosh, we were on a flight. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and this woman brought a tuna sandwich onto the flight. And I was like, Cheryl, please stop. Like, don't, don't do this, okay? Um, so if you bring a tuna sandwich onto the flight, please stop. Um, yes, uh, it won't make the plane go faster. Uh, but a couple of our new ones that we have coming up this semester is Awaken 865. These are gonna be pop-up worship events all throughout Knoxville. These are gonna happen once a month as with, as does like all the other REACH teams. Uh, we're just gonna set up uh, maybe in Market Square, maybe somewhere else all around Knoxville and just have these pop-up worship events where we can minister to people uh, and really just build the Lord a throne for him to come and rest and do what he wants to do. We're, we're not going out there with, Bible bashers and just being, repent. We're, we're not doing that. What we're doing is we're building the Lord a throne and he is coming and wrecking the hearts of, of people with his love because his kindness is what leads to repentance. Not, not our, you're the worst, come to church. What? Uh, no, but we build him a throne and then they respond to his love. That's all we do. We build him a throne. Uh, another one we've got is Go UT. Uh, this will be an on, yes, come on, party in the back. Uh, this will be an on-campus ministry once a month uh, where you go down on UT's campus and hand out free water, free Capri Suns, hot dogs, pizza, whatever, all you college people. I remember when I was in college, they would hand out these Capri Suns and I was like, this is a good day. Um, and I, I remembered and it was amazing. So we're gonna go and hand out um, stuff to the college students and minister to them and just say, hey, now you're here. Let's pray for you if you want prayer. If not, we'll just bless you on your way. Um, what else do we have new? Reach Knox, yes. Okay, sorry. 
Uh, Reach Knox uh, is going to go out once a month to different places in the city to bring love, hope, and connection to the people of the streets. This will be done in many creative ways, but the goal is to let people know that they are seen and to share the love of Jesus. So some of this might look like going under the bridge to hand out food um, to the homeless community down there. Uh, I know some of our people had an incredible time a couple weeks ago. We had some, like a ton of leftover pizza or something. It was at the 4th of July thing. Yeah, all the leftover food from the 4th of July, they literally just took all of that and took it down under the bridge. And they were so grateful and just so overwhelmed that people thought to go and bring them something. It was incredible. And they saw some breakthrough and just made deposits into the people under this under the bridge who were literally living on the street. So it's an incredible outreach and incredible ministry that we can do as well. Uh, and so that's gonna be happening on a more consistent basis. Um, I think that's all the logistics that I need to get out of the way. So why don't you give it up for the man of the hour? It's not me. Um, the man, the myth, the legend. He came and spoke to us last August, I believe. Uh, and he's back again for round two. Kyle Philippi. Thanks, Paul. Excited to be back here. I'm actually going to start out with a video. Um, this is our, you know, the monthly video updates that we send, but um, usually I'm not here for it. So it's kind of weird that I'm going to be like, I'm here live in Africa because I'm right here. But um, let's just uh, check out this video update first of some of our trips that's been happening this summer. So we've got teams that are traveling all over the, the world. I think we have about, I think we have 17 trips going on this year alone. And so we've had a lot happen. Last time I was here, I just got back from the Philippines, which you guys fully supported that project so that it could happen. And we talked about all the testimonies of, of what happened then, but so much has happened in the last 12 months. And I can't I wait to tell you about what we're getting ready to do, but I, I wanna tell you about the testimonies of what has happened in the last 12 months. Uh, after I left here, we went to the floating islands of Peru. I think I've talked about the floating islands here. These are man-made floating islands made of reed in Peru, 12,000 feet in elevation. They've been living there for 4,000 years, thousands of people living on these islands, and they've been pagan for 4,000 years. And we started going there in 2019, 2019, ministering to them. Then during the pandemic, we fed them. And then they started getting discipled. Then they said, we really need a pastor. So we sent a pastor there to live there on the islands and to teach and disciple. And then they said, well, we need a boat. So we sent him a boat. And now he started going from island to island evangelizing. Then they said, well, we really need a church because the nearest church is two hours by boat uh, to get to that church. So we built a floating church last November. We went there as they were building it. It's on stilts. It seats 150 people. And so people just drive up on their, their little fishing boats and then they come to church every week. And so when we come, we're going to go back this November and see it actually finished now. But we're seeing just the gospel spread for the very first time in 4,000 years on this lake. And it's just amazing to see how quickly God can change an entire culture when someone will just be obedient and go and plant the seed. And when we first went that first time, they just stared at us. I mean, it was very much like, I think this was a wasted trip. Then we went the second time, and then the third time, we just slowly saw progress, and then it was just like overnight. Then we're like, what is happening? Actually, 
the guy that um, had really was leading the movement there, one of the locals that really caught on and really started discipling others, he, um, his father's the one that gave us the land, the land, it's a reed, I guess, for the church. Um, he, last year, his son, he had a, um, a two-year-old boy die. His son died, fell in the water, they didn't know it, and he drowned. And the pagans went to him and said, see what happens? See, your, your, your fake God, uh, you know, you, you worship this fake God instead of our, our sun and moon God and all these things, and they punished you. And he stood, stood firm, was like, no, God's faithful. And that's when he actually, upon that incident, he said, I'm going to double down. And that's when he, they uh, gave us the land for the church. And I got a, uh, when we went there in November, his wife was pregnant again. We're like, oh, that's awesome. So I got a, a picture, I think in April, of uh, when she uh, went into labor with triplets. <laughs> and she didn't know it. It was almost like a Job story. And so, and we were able to send them money for the next eight months to take care of their triplets. So when we go there in November, we'll be seeing, um, seeing those babies. But it was just such an amazing testimony of how God's faithfulness, you know. So um, that's just really awesome. And then, you know, we go to the highest city on earth in Peru as well. 17,000 feet in elevation. So it's half the oxygen we're breathing right now. So what that feels like, it doesn't really feel different until you're going uphill or you start to exert oxygen and you need more and then it's just not there. So you know how usually you're like, you start to try to you know, take a moment. Well, the, the air's just not there. You just keep breathing. You have to take canned oxygen. This place is uh, 60,000 gold miners looking for gold. No laws, no police, no, no sewage, no running water. And everything's contaminated with mercury and arsenic. And I love it. It is so great because the Lord just moves. We go to these places, and, and, and if you look up this place, you can look it up. You can Google La Rinconada, Peru, and it's every article is going to be like, man burned alive, people shot up. Like, I mean, it's just only bad stories. Everybody that told us, you know, when I said I was going there, they're like, you're going to die. And we've been there six times now. We have dear friends there. We, we, we led a gold miner to the, to the Lord, and then he led all his friends to the Lord. And now uh, he's, he goes, we call him. He was actually able to retire. Uh, last year, uh, the Lord started dealing with him that he needed to spend more time with his family. And he said, Lord, I, I need to gold mine. I need, if I don't, I can't provide for them. And he said, you need to spend more time with your family down the mountain. So he started spending more time with his family. The more time he spent with his family and taking them to church, the more gold he would find. And so much so that he was able to sell his mine and retire. And now he just comes up and evangelizes with us. We text him and say, hey, guess what? We're going up to La Rinconada. He's like, good, I'll show you all around. And he just goes around and he goes, and he'll tell him, he'll vouch, they know him. And he's like, yeah, I'm retired. These men led me to the Lord. They know what they're talking about. And so it's just amazing to see the progress, you know, just keep putting in the time, putting in the time. It's not always instant, but we're getting to see the fruit of that labor now. 
And so we're going to go back there uh, in November. We're going back to the Amazon in October. We haven't been in five years because of COVID and very strict protocol. And every year, last year, we couldn't go because there were pirates, which I really wanted to go because... <laughs> it ended up being like five different things. The chief died, and then we didn't know the new chief, all these different things. And like 80% of me was like, no, no, like you don't want to lead a team to go find pirates for sure. And then like 20% of me was like, if I led pirates to the Lord. <laughs> like, and then like if they accepted me, then I would be considered a pirate. Like, I want that title so bad. I want to wear, like, the whole outfit and the parrot and everything. So, anyways, so we didn't get to go last year. We're going this year. And then we just got word that there's a malaria outbreak. And so there's certain villages we may or may not be able to go to. Um, and we're going to be doubling up on our malaria medicine. But we're going to finally get back. Like, I'm going back. We're going back no matter what, malaria or not. We're getting back into the Amazon. We go, we, we fly into the Amazon, into Manaus. Then we sail 500 miles downriver into these communities where we have met these people and we've been able to minister the gospel. And we're just so excited for what the Lord's going to do this time. We built a church there 500 miles into the jungle. And so we're going to see it. We, you know, it's built, but we haven't been able to see it. We know the people there. We're going to provide medical and we're going to teach the kids. We're going to bring them school supplies. We're just going to love on them. And then we're going to go hit, you know, just hit up little places up the streams. But, you know, there's people, there's villages 500 miles outside of civilization. And there's still people that are like, I don't like city life. And they live further away, like just in a little hut. So we'll, we'll take a little fishing boat for 30 minutes and then we'll finally see a hut and then we'll climb up a cliff. And then someone's like, what are you doing here? And then we just tell them about the gospel and it's just incredible. Um, a lot of these places and you see salvations and it's just like, it's just because you came. Like the, the most of them will convert simply because you came and you're like, well, why? Because nobody goes. They've been there that long. Then the, they see some random person show up and love on them, give them food and tell them something. They're like, you must really wanted to tell me this <laughs> because I don't have neighbors. And so it's just amazing. So we're going to be able to go back to the Amazon. We do at Christmas, we bring toys for 400 kids to Ecuador I was just in Ecuador two weeks ago doing VBS, and it was awesome. Um, and in December, we're going to go to uh, uh, Ecuador, and, and I'm leading a team in Thailand. But instead of leading a team of 25 Americans, I'm leading a team of 25 Asians. So we went to Japan, and we had this incredible experience. And they, they, the, the believers got so fired up, they're like, we're ready to evangelize. We're ready to do missions. For forever, Japan has had a receiving hand for the gospel, and we're ready to spread it. So I was like, all right, let's go. So we decided we're going to take 25 Japanese to Thailand to minister, to build a jungle church, and to uh, help a widow's ministry, do everything we can. Well, then that somehow turned into, well, can we invite the Taiwanese? They want to go. Um, okay, sure. Yeah, we'll get another translator. So we need you know English to, to Japanese and English to Taiwanese and English to Thailand. But okay, that, that's, that's fine. We'll figure it out. And then they're like, well, we also have a group from Hong Kong that wants to go. 
Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll add Hong Kong. I mean, what's another translator? And then uh, New Zealand somehow got in there. They're not even anywhere near it. But so we've just got like people from all over that are not American. And I'm just really excited about this. It's going to be chaos. And it's just going to be very exciting. Because a lot of times we just when we think of missions, we think of we think of Americans going around the world. So I love the fact that we, we're, we as an organization are entering into this stage of helping mobilize other nations to do missions. And so we're just really excited to see what that looks like and how do we contextualize and all these different things. And so we're really excited. In January, I'm headed to the Sahara and it's going to take us three days traveling by Jeep through the desert. We'll camp out at night. And they said, just check your boots for scorpions and snakes. And then you put them back on, which I was bit by a scorpion in Mozambique. Um, and it's not fun. <laughs> um, they, uh, I don't think it was poisonous, but it definitely did something to me because they said I was convulsing in my sleep. And they all debated, do we wake him? Um, and they're all Googling like, are, are scorpions poisonous in Mozambique? And they're like, there's only one. They're like, what if this is the one? We're in the bush. So they rolled the dice and they said, he can't feel it if he's asleep. And they just let me convulse. And I woke up and I'm here. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was the right choice, but I'm here. Um, and, uh, so last year to, to back it up or so, sorry, it was this year we went back to the Arctic. Uh, sometimes when we go to the Arctic, it's really cold. The coldest I ever went, it was negative uh, 50 and the wind chill was negative 73, which at that point it doesn't even feel like, Oh, it's cold. I need a coat. It just feels like, ow, somebody's stabbing me. Like, it just hurts. It doesn't feel cold. It, 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 it actually burns. Uh, you can get frostbite within 30 seconds uh, if your skin's showing. So you get real bundled up. But we take these ice roads to these villages. There's seven villages. So there's a hub called Barrow, Alaska. And then there's seven neighboring villages within 70 to 100 miles away. But if you were to fly, it would, take, it would cost $1,000. There's 25 of us, so it's going to be $25,000 to go fly to a village of 200 people. It's just not something that, is in a, that we could financially do. So just within the last couple of years, they've uh, established ice roads for six weeks. Beginning of like February to middle of March, the, the ice roads are solid enough that you can get a... The government loves what we're doing so much that they escort us on tracked vehicles to the villages. And so we go to these villages and we minister. We go door to door praying for people. We do concerts and worship and we pray for people. We've seen amazing things. We've seen healings. And we've tried to go to a second village three years in a row. Every year it doesn't work out. So this year we're like, we're finally going to the village of Wainwright. And they had a freak warm front. If you want to say warm front, it was 30 degrees, but it's never 30 degrees in March up there ever. And it melted the ice and it took us, instead of, instead of taking two and a half hours by ice road, it took us 13 hours to get there because we, we just had to keep getting pulled out. And finally we got there and then we get there and they're like, listen, 
just need to be very careful because we've killed five polar bears this month and uh, the polar bears have killed residents here too. Like it's very, very dangerous. So everybody was like just looking every which way. And so we, but we finally got to this village after three years of wanting to get there, did a concert, went door to door and they're just so grateful. And you, we just see so much happen and, and people are so receptive because again, nobody wants to go there. You have to, you, you have to be very intentional to end up in Wainwright. Either the government sent you or you paid $1,000 from Barrow, which it costs another $350 to get there from Anchorage. So if you're, even if you were in Anchorage, it would cost you like $1,300 to get to Wainwright. So you must really want to get to this town of 500 people. And so people are just so grateful that we go there. And um, it's just one of my favorite places. And we just con- we're going to continue to see the fruit. We're going to continue to see what happens year after year and being consistent. And so we had another big project. Our, our biggest project to date was Japan. Every four years, we get everybody together. We get all of our missionaries from 13 countries. We get all of our volunteers, partner pastors, everybody we could. We brought 75 people to the nation of Japan, and we traveled around for a week to 30 cities doing everything of ministry we could possibly think of. Um, we recorded in an album. We recorded in a church. We recorded in Oita, where there was a revival that happened among the Japanese in the 1700s. And the government got so scared that they massacred 300 Christians to stop the revival. But there was still a remnant of Christian believers that has still carried out through today. So we sang about that remnant at the memorial site. And there's, I mean, I could tell you testimony after testimony. I'll have to skip through all these things. But there's so many things that happened just time and time again. We're going to put out a whole documentary about it in about a month. Um, then we went to uh, Fukushima, where the, uh, you remember the tsunami in 2011? And, and it hit the nuclear power plant and it affected an entire city. They're still affected today and they feel forgotten. We went house to house praying for people. We went to memorial sites. We went to pastors and prayed over them. Then we went to the, the big memorial site and we sang there. Then we went to um, the suicide forest where hundreds of people every year go to this forest to kill themselves. And we went there and we sang about life and redemption and hope and joy. And we renamed it the, the forest of life. And we, we prayed that people will go there and change their mind and find hope again. Actually, we had a moment of prayer and I asked our violinist from South Korea, I said, will you just play violin while we uh, pray? And so she plays the song and we pray for about 10 minutes for anyone who enters the forest. And she, she came over and she goes, I don't know. I didn't know what to play. And the only thing I could think of is the song. This, it was this beautiful song. We know, none of us knew what it was. She said, this is the song that we sing um, on your birthday in South Korea. And I just believe that as people come to this forest, they'll remember why they were born. 
and why they were created and that they'll hear this melody of their birthday again and know that they have purpose. And so we had just this amazing time. So we can't wait for this album to come out. We hit up all these places. We did street evangelism. We we taught the, the Japanese how to do uh, missions and evangelism. We brought a bunch of Portuguese speakers, speakers from Brazil and Portugal and Mozambique. I didn't tell them that there's an entire city that speaks Portuguese. I brought them to a Brazilian church. I brought a bunch of Brazilians from Brazil to Japan to a Brazilian church and didn't tell them. And I brought a translator with them. And then when they got there, they realized they didn't need a translator. And they had a whole Brazilian service in Japan. And we just went uh, all these different places. When I was there a couple months earlier, um, I was just talking about, we're going to just hit the streets and we're going to pray and we're going to evangelize. And this lady came up to me and she said, I grew up in the mountains on an island and the Lord has really just placed on my heart for 30 years to evangelize there because I know the name of Jesus has never been worshipped in this village ever for thousands of years. There's shrines, Buddhist shrines all over it, but Jesus has never been glorified in this village. I know it's unreached. And she's like, I've just never had the courage to go, but if you'll go, I'll go. And we're like, okay. And she's this sweet little Japanese lady. And she, she even printed out like, this is where we're going to go to this shrine and we're going to go to this shrine and very, uh, you know, meticulous. But once we got out there, she turned into another person. Like something came on her and we were like, who is this? I like the fact that we're on live stream. I can't even tell you what some of the stuff she did at the shrines, but some of the stuff we can't even show the footage, but we were like, what is this boldness? Then we're like, you know what? If you've had something cooped inside you for 30 years that you've been waiting for, something does come on you. And she just had this boldness and we just went from shrine to shrine, like worshiping. I remember at one point we were talking about just the fact that it's so beautiful to be able to, to sing and worship Jesus's name and in a place that it's never been. And I was like, I just feel like the Lord's just breathing in this moment. And I kid you not, we were in a field and this huge just wind just just came across the whole place. And you could see everything just bend. And it was just this beautiful moment. And so we, uh, the team decided to, to go to all these shrines. A lot of people come and do a pilgrimage at a certain time of the year and they hit 88 shrines. They go all to the to these shrines that it's part of the, the the Buddhist way. They go and they pray on all these shrines. So we said, you know what? Let's do it too. Why don't we hit every shrine but we pray to Jesus? And why don't we just pro- proclaim his name on all 88 shrines? And so we have uh, a quick clip of of that day that we want to show. I cannot wait for all the stories to come. I mean, there I'm still like talking to the 30 teams and hearing all these incredible stories that happened throughout the Japan project. So we'll try to get you a, a link to that when the film comes out. And so that's a little bit of what's happened this year. Of course, we went to Mozambique twice and Thailand and Ecuador. Um, and so we have a project that's coming up in just 10 days. Um, we're going to a country that we've been looking at since 2018 and a perfect opportunity just opened up and we're like, this just feels like this is the thing that we're supposed to support. Um, I know we're, we're live streaming, so, uh, we're going to be careful to, um, I think they're going to put it on the screens with because it won't show up on the on the cameras or where we're going, um, but we are going somewhere in the Middle East. 
Uh, yeah, there you go. So that's where we're headed. Um, but we have to be, it's been, a, um, it's been fun uh, fundraising because I can't put it on social media. I'm actually still waiting on my visa to get approved. They asked for a notarized letter. One of our other teammates, uh, she has to go to DC and do an interview. If she's going to go, I might have to as well. Um, so um, it's uh, somewhat of a, a, a covert um, operation that we're doing. Um, one of the main things that we're doing, one of the re reasons that we got really excited about this is we're partnering with a lot of churches there and they said, you know, there are people that are converting to Christianity and uh, which is illegal. It's not illegal to be a Christian, but it's illegal to convert to Christianity. <laughs> that makes sense. Like if you're already a Christian, cool, don't evangelize and don't convert. So, um, you know, it's, it's very gray on what you can and cannot do. And so we, they, there are people that live five hours away up in the mountains and they minister to them and they get saved. And so much of that other religion is in their culture that it needs separated out. And it's like, what does it mean to be a Christian now? And it's very hard to disciple when you live five hours away. And so what we're going to do, we're going to uh, record 10 hours of content for the new believer on what does it mean to walk out as a Christian now? And what does my faith look like? And how do I do this? And how do I keep my culture, but also follow Jesus? And all these things that they have to walk through that it's very hard if you live far away to do that. And they're going to be able to put this in their phones. So they'll be able to be up in the mountains and, and watch this and be discipled. And that way they don't have to meet as often, which they can't meet that often. And so we're going to be recording that. We're also going to be, um, we're going to go to some remote villages and evangelize. We're going to be feeding people, offering medical, and then we're going to preach the word and put it out and cast seed and see what happens. Um, and then we're also going to, uh, there's a lot of um, refugees from another country um, that are there. And so we're going to be going to a home there, ministering to those refugees. If you probably remember from a couple years ago, a neighboring country uh, starts with A. Um, they, they fled there. Um, and so we're going to be going there and uh, ministering to them. And then there's also a home. There are girls when I say girls, like children that were kidnapped and forced into marriages illegally. And then when they turned like 16 or 17, the husbands no longer wanted to be married to them anymore. And they cast them aside. And then their families were ashamed of them, so they wouldn't accept them. And then they're just stuck. And so there's a home to rehabilitate them. And so we're going to be going and ministering to them. Uh, and then I don't know if any of you saw um, the news of maybe like four days ago, there was eight churches that burnt down. Uh, almost said it. Uh, There's about eight churches that were uh, burnt down by mobs of people that didn't want them there. And they even burned down like homes of the ministers. Um, and so that literally just happened like four days ago. We didn't know that. So we're going to go and just visit those churches and minister to the pastors, encourage them. Um, we're still fundraising for this project. We, we have to fundraise 6,000 more dollars. Anything that comes in above 6,000, we're going to put toward rebuilding their churches. Well, I'd love to be there on the ground, putting a couple blocks on and showing them like, Hey, like it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to get better. Um, so this project, it's, um, 
and then those are the things we know is going to happen. But a lot of times, these stories that we tell, the crazy stories, those are the things that we we have no clue was going to happen. So I have no clue uh, the adventures that awaits. Um, but we leave September first. Um, get there on September third, and then uh, we come back on the night. So we appreciate your prayers. Um, one that we that we all get our visas that we get approved. Um, they and and if we have to go to do the interview, I love how I'm speaking quieter now. Like they're listening. <laughs> Did you notice I started doing that? <laughs> I'm like paranoid. I keep thinking like, okay, they're watching live stream, so I'm gonna be a little quieter, and now they won't know. Um, um, if I do have to go to D.C., which the other one does have to go to D.C., we have to lie about uh, why we're going there. Um, so, And then uh, we also don't want them to know, because if they give us a visa and then they find out what we're doing, uh, we w- want to make sure we go home to our families. Um, so, yeah, so there's some, there's some risk there. Um, but we, know, we're, we're, we feel at peace. We're excited about what the Lord's going to do. And um, the risk is, is worth it. Um, if we believe in the Bible, then it is worth it. Um, it's worth everything. And so if you would be in prayer with us uh, for this project, that we see souls saved, that people would be encouraged, that we would be able, as we record these messages, that it's not just practical information about being a Christian, but the Holy Spirit would be in this message, that they would, it would comfort them, it would encourage them in times where they, they don't know if they can, can keep going forward, that this video would just continue to resonate in their spirit. And then you pray and pray and sow with us that we can get this funded and uh, above and beyond so we can do uh, help these churches and be an encouragement to them. But we want to thank you so much for for partnering with Far Flung. Like we cannot do these things. I'm willing to go like I love going, but I can't go unless people send. And so we all have a part. And so we appreciate you so much. And if you feel something in your spirit and you feel a leap in your spirit, even if it's a nervous leap, you can sign up on our website. Join us on almost almost all these trips that I mentioned. You can join us. You just sign up on the website. It's actually very easy to end up 500 miles into the Amazon. It's literally just fill out a form and I'll take you. <laughs> you know, you, you pay your deposit and we'll go and, and we'll be in hammocks and in and, and the jungle. So um, if, if you feel like, man, I just, I want to do more. I want to, I want to get out. I've got some vacation time or I can get away, you know, don't, if anything, don't feel, if it's like, I just don't know what I bring to the table, cast that aside. Because whatever your skill set is, whatever it is, that's what you bring. We bring builders, we bring videographers, we bring every, whatever you do, that's what you can do there. And if, and the very least, like I said, most people will accept Christ simply because you came. Why? Because nobody else is coming. No one else has ever come. On the floating islands for 4,000 years, no one has come. And we go there and we simply told the story of Jesus. And now they have a floating church and they're discipling. Not because of strategy, because people showed up. So if you're wondering, what do I have to bring? It's you. Awesome. Yes. The goat, the absolute goat. 
That's the greatest of all time. If for those of you that I, I told someone she was a goat one time, I was like, man, you're the goat. And she thought I was literally calling her a goat. Um, but no, Kyle is amazing. Uh, what he's done, what, how he's created this organization, far flung tin can, and they have gone to the far reaches of the world. I mean, they've, they have done what they said they were going to do. And it's an incredible, incredible organization that has seen tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of lives changed because of the goodness of God, because of the testimony of Jesus. And so we want to give you an opportunity to partner with that. Last year, we were able to fully fund their trip to the Philippines wholly by us. Like our, our church fully funded their, their going. Uh, and right now they need $6,000 to go to said country. And so I think it would be incredible of us to once again rise to the occasion to put our money where our mouth is and send people who are doing the boots on the ground, doing the hands and feet, and not just saying, hey, here's our money, peace out, but giving our money, sowing our money in partnership so that we, we're there with them. It's not just, hey, we're sending you, go on and do what you do. It's, hey, I'm giving this money, but I'm sowing not just my money, but my time, my prayer, my fasting. I'm, I'm, I'm with you wholeheartedly. And so what we do is when we sow that, we will reap it. And this isn't just this like, oh, so just so you can reap. It's just an incredible concept of the kingdom that when we do so, we do reap. And, and we'll reap it in the lives of our family, in the lives of our children, in the lives of those around us. And, and we'll reap it in the lives of those that they are going to touch and they're gonna go minister to. And so I asked this in first service and I'll ask it again. Um, we're gonna ask the Lord to give each of us a number. And the question isn't, hey, and if this is your first time, you can check this off. Or if you're having this burning in your chest and you're like, wow, I need to partner with this, then go right ahead. But if this is your first time, you're, you're scotch-free. Um, but if there, we're going to ask the Lord to give us a number and not if we give, but what we give. Even the smallest amount, I mean, it, it just adds and adds and adds and adds. Um, and so Lord, would you just give us a number of what you would have us give to partner with far-flung tin can to bring the gospel of Jesus to an unreached nation, to a restricted nation, so that we could see lives changed and lives redeemed and have your name be glorified. So be it. So there are a couple ways you can give to this organization. Uh, we've made it really easy for you because you can do online giving, you can do text to give. If you do text to give, uh, just use the key phrase FFTC, which is the acronym of Far Flung 10 Can, and we will make sure all of the proceeds go to them. Uh, we also have uh, buckets, I think, which are already back out. And so we will pass those. So I'll give you a second to gather your funds, the thousands of dollars you got to pull out of your back pocket, you know. I mean, go ahead and rattle those uh, coin purses. Do people still carry coin purses? Shut up. Yes. My daughter has one. Um, she doesn't carry coins in it, but she has a coin purse. Um, she, she takes poker chips. I, I, I don't know where she found said poker chips, but she has poker chips. Um, and she doesn't understand that you can't use them in vending machines still. Um, so she has a coin purse, all that to say that. So Lord, 
We wanna partner with you. We wanna partner with what you're doing in Far Flung and with Kyle. We wanna come alongside and be the hands and feet, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We wanna give sacrificially. We wanna sow sacrificially. Not because we have to, but because we get to. We get to partner with you. We get to see your name proclaimed, your name glorified, your name just change lives and bring redemption and salvation to those who don't know it yet. Thank you for the opportunity to give. In Jesus' name. So while we're gonna go ahead and pass the buckets and this is gonna be our altar call for today. And it's back there and they're called reach teams and you should sign up for one or two or eight. Uh, they meet once a month, go ahead and sign up. It's gonna be incredible time. We will also have people, uh, our prayer team up here if you would like prayer for anything. And maybe while Kyle was talking, you had this burning in your chest is like, man, he's talking about these people that, that are coming in contact with the person of Jesus and you don't know that Jesus. Well, there's gonna be an opportunity for you to come home this morning. So we're going to have a banner up here. And if you would like to meet this person that we keep talking about, you can come on up and we'll have some people ready to pray with you uh, and talk to you about it. But it's going to be amazing. So go sign up, have an incredible week, and we'll see you back next week. Also, yes, I almost forgot. Kyle and Farflung, they have a product table right outside. Buy everything that they have. All the proceeds go to help fund the mission. They have t-shirts, stickers, DVDs, music, all the stuff. Uh, the chicken one is my favorite. Get it before it sells out. We'll see you next week. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church. 